Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, longtime jazz assistant coach, our good friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa. What's going on, Coach? Guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. That is terrific. Thanks for joining us. Talk a little uh, Utah Jazz basketball. Bogdanovich, Coach, Western Conference Player of the Week. What has he figured out? He's figured out uh, two things as far as that corner three, as far as shooting in rhythm, but also that mid-post game where once they will say, once every six or seven possessions, he slides into the mid-block and uses his body strength and his uh, tenacity to play bully ball and go over the top. So with that said, this past week he averaged 29.3 points per game on shooting sizzling, 62.3. Let's go even further. The last 10 games, he's averaging 24.8 points per game, 44.7 from three, and the last point is this, 51.9 field goal percentage. So that's what he's figured out, playing both inside and middle game. Gordy, what advice did you give players when they went into a shooting slump to get them out? Well, don't rely on your jump shot all the time. In other words, you want to be aggressive, but don't shoot yourself and worse than that, your floor mates out of the game. So, for example, uh, I'm over five right now in the game. Yeah, I always said to the players, keep being aggressive. Just don't shoot jumpers. Mix up your game. Drive the ball to the basket. Make a play. Make an action play. Run the floor. Get to the foul line. We can't wait for your jump shot to be rediscovered. So, I'm not saying don't shoot it. I'm just saying remain aggressive, but just change up your, your, your as far as your shot selection until you get the groove back again. Like you said, that's exactly what he's done. Very much, and, that, and it's been advantageous for himself. Also, uh, Gordon, he's really a great foul shooter, 88.7%. So when they bump him, whether it's a foul or not, he gets to their penalty line, and he's able to score points. And he's a terrific player. Let's not forget, last year, unfortunately, when the Jazz lost in the playoff series, uh, four games three to the Denver Nuggets, Bondanovich was not there. Let's fast forward. Now this year, he's here. Do the turnovers bother you at all? Very much. Absolutely. Those, many of them are unforced. So those turnovers have to be just more measured. Uh, less passing the ball into, uh, into closed windows, I call it, and more just being slightly measured. I'm not saying be hesitant. I'm just saying is that against the, against, excuse me, the Rockets the other day, they, they had 11 steals, and they were aggressive. I get it. But also the Jazz had uh, just way too many bad decisions. So that's going to be um, a problem if they continue. Even in that great game he had the other night, I mean, I think there were three turnovers on three straight possessions by Bogdanovich. It didn't really hurt the fact that he scored 48 points, but uh, it's still, it, it, you wonder a little bit because you see that out of him every once in a while. Very much. So you want to do that, that, that unbelievable mental part where you're aggressive, but you're your mind's under control as you have a fast ball in the lane or on perimeter, whether you walk with the ball as far as a, a walking violation or you're shooting off bounds or you're passing into traffic. Is that So you want to be measured but still be under control. Did I just criticize a guy, Jake, who scored 48 points? Well, 48 yes. points was a career high, and it's how he got them. It was, that was an unbelievable performance by him against a really good team in the Denver Nuggets. And he, he was tremendous. Every big play they needed, he, he delivered for them. And that's why he really is a, a terrific player and that he plays to win. And he tries to play defense, and he's got some ruggedness about him. He has that Croatian toughness. And though in jazz basketball, he's very valued. 
Coach Chiesa is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <clears throat> what can it do for the team come playoff time, Coach, when uh, Conley and Mitchell come back uh, with these other players? I guess uh, could the success without Conley and Mitchell give a confidence boost when those guys come back? Very much, yeah. And the answer is yes. But part of that narrative, Jake and Gordon, is going to be is that there will be an element of slight adjustment. Because remember, as George Niang has played absolutely terrific, give me the hot sauce, and so has uh, Boyan Bondanovich and, uh, and Joe Ingles have been sensational all season, their roles will slightly be adjusted, slightly. So the question is that in jazz basketball, as their, as their roles are, uh, are going to be altered, can they fit in at the same um, aggressiveness and the same alertness as uh, Donovan comes back? Because Donovan is a major player, and Mike Conley's having an all-star season. So the answer is, yes, it can. But there'll be a, we'll see visually as far as uh, the lineups and both offense and defense, if they can really play with the same as far as togetherness. Gordy, back in the day when you were coaching with the Jazz, uh, how important was it for the team to win the Western Conference during the regular season, even though, you know, the the, the playoffs is uh, – I mean, that's where the real action happens. But what what is the advantage other than, you know, home court advantage or a favorable first-round matchup or something like that – uh, about winning the conference? Well, it's a culture. What it does for you is that it establishes this culture of success in that through all the ups and downs and the rigors of an NBA season, that the team that won the conference championship or later on the NBA championship, they were able to overcome all these hurdles. So it's a milestone that once you, you, you achieve it, you can never take it away. And as far as the standings, the Jazz are a great home court team. They've for the last literally for four, uh, last thirty years, they've been dominant at home philosophically, and so I like the Jazz' chances at home right now. Gordon, they're thirty-one and four because they're going to win the conference championship. They're up two games on the Suns, and the Suns have some tough games left. So do the Jazz. The Jazz are playing uh, much better. So the Jazz have that home court advantage. It'll be advantageous during the playoffs. Steph Curry tonight, uh, Coach, uh, the Golden State Warriors, and Steph and Draymond and uh, don't have a lot of help with that Warriors team. But the way he's playing right now, is this uh, – well, this is such a cliche question, but is this as well as he's played in his unbelievable career? Correct. Very much. Yes, Andrew Jeffs. He's having a once-in-a-lifetime year. Here's his quick numbers. Averaging 31.9 points per game, which is career high, 48.7 field percentage, 42.9 from three. And remember this, Jake, everyone's trying to stop you. So when you're shooting 42.9 from three, the defense schematically is trying to stop you from the second you get off the bus or if it's a home game, the second you walk into the arena. 91.6 from the foul line, so you can't foul him. But his thing about it also, his uh, Nate toughness, he's averaging a career high of 5.5 rebounds for a six foot three, we'll say, quote, skinny guy. And so he's played great, and he should be in the all-star. He should be in the MVP conversation as far as getting votes. So when he's on the court, Jake, it's not his points and it's not his assist that tell the total story, but his impact on every Warrior possession. What he does, including a screen setting and being double teamed, that opens up the game for everyone else on his team. 
So they, he's an unbelievable um, player that makes his team better on every possession. And it's, he's been even better in recent games. I saw that he's uh, recently averaging 18, something like 18 threes a game or something, and yeah. he's making almost 50% of them. Very much. He's got it rolling. He's, a, he's the greatest shooter of all time. With the Ray Allen being second and vastly underrated for yesteryear, Gordon, you know him, Mark Price. That these guys were absolutely great shooters. You, you can debate all the other great shooters as far as the numbers, the metrics. But I'm just saying, besides the, the actual arithmetic of it, as far as the, the eyeball test, and uh, Stephen Curry is the, is the greatest shooter of all time. Both catch and shoot, both off the dribble, and both when everybody's hanging on his shooting hand, he has this innate ability with a. Uh, parking lot range to make shots over the top of really great defense trying to guard him. So how should the Jazz guard him? Okay, what you want to try to do is that you want to try to early double team him, just early down the floor to get the ball out of his hands as a changeup. And then the second part of it, once you do that, you've got to be that the, the, the initial defender guarding him, you've got to stay and try to overplay defense and force him to elongate the catch much further out or his teammates panic and they forget about him on some of the possessions where they don't give the ball back to him. So that's what you want to do. You can't just play him one way. And, and Gordon, in the high pick and roll, um, your defense versus his offense, you've got to really try to stay in his body. You can't go under the screen or you can't try to switch on it because he's a great shooter versus switch defense. So the question visually right now, can Rudy Gobert, the Jazz switch in that, can he guard Stephen Curry off the dribble? And the answer is what? No. Coach, I want to get your thoughts on the play-in scenario, the the kind of different way we're doing things in the NBA this year, uh, with the, you know, one through ten being uh, eligible in a sense for the playoffs. LeBron was complaining about it the other day. We've heard uh, Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic complain about it, but uh, a lot of people seem to really like it. What do you think? Including I, I love it. I think it's absolutely great. So now, Jake, in the yesteryear. There'll be six or seven teams that didn't want to play from, uh, we'll say, late March on, and it was absolutely awful for the NBA. I wouldn't say the uh, Gordon. I wouldn't say the coaches were. They used to ask Jerry Stone and Phil Johnson and I, "Are you guys playing to win tonight?" Meaning what? In April, because we're not playing to win. Oh, really? We're not going to play to win tonight in an NBA game. And so the learning point about that. Let's fast forward it. Now this with this quote mini tournament. There's literally. 10 or 11 teams that are playing to, quote, to win, including in the West right now, Jake. There will be the Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs, Pelicans, and believe it or not still, Jake, the Kings. And in the East, still playing, still playing fight and fight and clawing, Celts, Hornets, Wizards, Pacers, and Bulls. And so I think it's great. And for the listeners right now on 1280 of the Zone, it's simply, if you're the seventh team, uh, comes a Sunday night at a, uh, 11 o'clock uh, Pacific Coast time. Seven hosts the eight. If you win that game, you're the seventh seed. If the eight beats number seven, you become the, the seventh seed as far as the playoffs, and the loser of 7-8 will play the winner of 9-10 at your home place. So the seventh or the seventh team meaning seventh seed, will get two home games to win to make the playoffs. So it's almost like an element of March Madness. Gordy, does Rudy Gobert shoot the ball enough? It seems like sometimes it's dependent on how he's being defended. 
But should he shoot the ball more? No. No. What, he's that, what he is, he's a dynamic rim roller. He sets the high pick and roll on a sprint screen, and he rolls to the basket, and he puts so much stress on the tag defenders. Rudy gets in trouble when he gets the ball because he has his high hips and angular body, and he's able to get he's bumped off balance, you know, which all players are when you have that kind of body against good leverage defense. So what you want to do with Rudy, he's a recipient scorer. He rim runs to the basket, and he's very effective at it. So Rudy's averaging 14 points a game. A lot of it's by his teammates' goodwill, meaning passes, and that's who he is. And we, in jazz basketball, he's absolutely valued. Okay, so let me rephrase that question. Should the Jazz design more plays for him? No. No. What he is, again, what he, he's, a, he's a willing screener, screen assist, and he's a rim roller, and he's, he, uh, he's a secondary option versus being primary. I'd run more plays with Joe Ingles because that guy, when that guy has the ball, Joe Ingles, only good things happen, whether it's the shot, whether it's the pass, whether it's ball movement, whether it's something's going on, just only positivity, that's Joe. So Joe, is the, Joe would, be, uh, would be my answer to that as far as running more plays. Coach, you have a list for us this week? Yes, we do. And, Jake, this list is based on tonight's game up in the, the Bay Area, but also, Jake, on Wednesday's game versus home. This is the NBA all-time leaders in career-made three-point shots, the top ten career-made three-point shots. Out of the top ten, Jake and Gordon, we're just going to play against two of them, meaning what, tonight and on a Wednesday night, and this, the, both these guys are active. And the third, this, the, out of the top ten, there's three guys active, and there's only one lefty in the top ten. All right, here we go. Number ten, we were staked great. Damon Lillard's 10th all-time. He's made 2,035 made threes. Number nine, his nickname was The Truth. Paul Pierce has made 2,143. Number eight, his nickname was Jay Crossover. He made 2,221 triples. Jamal Crawford. Number seven, his nickname was called The Jet. He made 2,282 Jason Terry. Number, number six, his nickname was Vince Sanity, or Half Man, Half Amazing, Vince Carter. He made 2,293s. Number five, active, plays for the Brooklyn Nets. He's the only lefty on this list. He's made 2,441 and trending. He's hurt right now, though, James Harden. Number four, former jazz man, played with the Utah franchise for four years. He's, he made 2,450 made threes, Kyle Korver. Number three, TNT fame via Indiana Pacers. He made 2,560 made threes, Reggie Miller. Number two, the Jets are try to guard him tonight. In different looks, we mentioned earlier, he's made 2,819 threes, Stephen Curry. Also, he's shooting for his career for all those threes, 43.4% from threes. And the last one, I had the privilege to coach him when I was coach Seattle Sonics. His nickname was Ray Ray. He's made, he made 2,973s, Ray Allen. That's my list of uh, threes. I have a question for you guys. All right, you guys love math. 
what is the distance of the corner three in the NBA? 22-10. I'm glad you don't work for Nassau. 20, 20, 22. 22. I love it. All right. What is the distance of the NBA arc line three? 23-9. 23-9. You should work for NASA instead of working <laughs> for 12 of the zone. Gordon Munson, because you know your mathematics, unlike Jake Scott. Right. I just, I just stayed out of that. Jake pointed at me. I did. <laughs> see, I'm, see, Jake, but also getting back just one, one more quick thing about Utah Jazz franchise. Of course, the leader in Jazz history of most made threes is that Aussie gunslinger, Joe Ingles. He's made 986 made threes, shooting 41.6 Korea. So, Jake, if... If, he, if, if Joe Ingles gets uh, 14 made threes in the next four games, which is possible, he'll have over 1,000 made threes, which is really a great tribute to a guy, uh, by the way, wasn't drafted. Yep. I still think he should shoot more. Okay, you, I like it. I, I like your enthusiasm very much, and he should, because he's, again, you want to shoot his measured threes where your, your footwork is down, and Joe's got that great rainbow arc to the basket where his shot starts on Monday and it gets there on Tuesday. That's why he goes in. <laughs> Versus rushing threes. Well, Coach, you're always a highlight of our Monday. Thank you very much, as always. Thanks, guys. Peace out. It's our friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa, joins us every single Monday. Uh, Austin found a little supplemental information about uh, Sunday's game, by the way, uh, Gordo. Uh, on Sunday's game, all 30 teams, that's 15 games, will play afternoon starting between noon and 3.30 Eastern time. So I would guess it means the Jazz will probably start at 1.30. And you'd like that. Oh, man, that's great. I, I I truly enjoy the afternoon games. I don't know why they don't play more Saturday afternoon games. Yeah. Fun to come in the afternoon and sure. spill all those, uh, the you know, 19,000 fans out into the community, you know, spending money, doing all that stuff, come downtown. Yeah. like and you don't have to clean the garage. And you don't have to clean the garage or the gutters or whatever else uh, is on your list of things that Gordon won't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> the things that Gordon hires somebody else to do. Oh, stop it now. <laughs> when was uh, the last time you cleaned the gutters? It's been a minute since I cleaned the gutters, admittedly. 